Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a question many have pondered. Who is the greatest Premier League player of all time? Expect heaps of rogue opinions as we dive into that very conundrum. I'm Ben Snowball. And I welcomed Carrie Dunn, Marcus Foley and Pete Charland via the medium of Zoom for the latest debate. Hello, everyone. Absolutely delighted to have you back. Now, to celebrate our new format, the Eurosport Cup, where you at home can vote in a series of head-to-heads to settle football debates on our website, this week's debate has the same topic. Who is the greatest Premier League player ever? Today, four of us pick one player and argue until it all unravels. Carrie, I thought at one stage we were going to have to welcome you from your car, but I believe you're now on the sofa. How are you doing and what, who have you got on? Oh, my goodness. Um, yes. Well, it's kind of ironic that I was going to have to go and sit in my car to talk about this fella, Dennis Bergkamp, because obviously he was famously terrified of flying and ended up doing all his European and worldwide trips, either by train or in a car. So, um, yes, I am putting the case for him. Um I'm actually still quite surprised, just a little part of me, that he was in the Premier League at all. He always seemed such a kind of otherworldly player to me, I guess, and a player of such grace and beauty, kind of this ethereal talent almost. And his number of game-changing goals, um, yeah, we could just sit there and reel them all off. Tom Adams wrote that fantastic article about uh, that exquisite strike against Newcastle. But I think what intrigues me most about Bergkamp, and I think what elevates him to to greatness for me is his approach to work in that he was an incredibly hard-working player but he never made it look like it was hard work it wasn't kind of the usual nose to the grindstone kind of thing it wasn't like a plodding workman-like kind of performance that he would put in he would always go for uh the most straightforward the most uh, route one way to win a match and for him that was all, always the most skillful way to win a match and it was a beautiful thing to watch and yes bird camp for me lovely start and it is of course great to see you not in your car because uh, i thought the background <laughs> might be what might not be what we want marcus foley who are you picking i've gone for eric Cantona purely because he changed a team a club and a league and as a measure of greatness I don't think you can get any more than that. Like obviously Manchester United now are seen as some, well, they were seen as sort of like a winning machine. But I think when he arrived, they were a very good team, but not an excellent team. And he took them up that level above that. The season before he arrived, they had sort of fallen apart in the running. When he arrived in November 1992, they were sat in 10th place. They played 15 games, drawn six and lost four. Uh, Come the end of the season, they'd won the league by 10 points. From there, I think they won four leagues in five seasons. 
He just completely changed the complete ethos of the club. But also at the same time, the league, he came to Manchester United the first year of the Premier League. The conception of the Premier League was an admission in itself that it had a severe branding problem. And I think he was actually the catalyst that changed the impression of English football within Europe and made it into a world leader that it is today. So he set in motion uh, the process to becoming what the Premier League is today. And that makes him by distance the greatest player to grace the Premier League. By a distance, this should be interesting to take apart at some stage. Uh, Pete Charland, who are you going for? I'm suggesting someone slightly more conventional, potentially. Uh, well, first of all, props to the carry for one of the best segues we've seen on this podcast so far from <laughs> Cars to Burkham. Uh I've gone for Thierry Henry. Um, simply put, he is the best player to play in the Premier League. Like You've got players who had a bigger impact in the league. You've got players who perhaps had bigger moments in the league. But in terms of the best players to play in the league, it was Henri. For eight years, he destroyed this league. He made it his playground. He was as if he was in the streets again. Like he's the best footballer to play in the league. And he did it in a way which made you think that he was playing with his mates or he was playing as he was a kid. He never, ever changed. He was always just having fun whilst being the best player in the league. That's what makes him different. That's what makes him the best. Lovely. And as I'm sure you're all aware by now, I will complete the set. Now, I don't want to question the integrity of the Eurosport Cup so soon after introducing it. Uh, but there is a problem. Matt Letizia has already knocked out Cristiano Ronaldo. So I'm going to ignore that, as the public is obviously wrong, uh, and make the case for Ronaldo anyway. Now, in probably the greatest Premier League team ever assembled, featuring greats like Giggs, Skulls, Rooney, Ferdinand, Vidic, Ronaldo shone above them all. Now, I know his window of excellence is shorter than we all would have liked, uh, but those three explosive seasons between 2006 and 2009 are unrivaled. Uh, never before had we seen one person rip apart the league. All the other players you mentioned, you did it, but Ronaldo did it pretty much by himself, just tearing through teams. We've never seen like defences basically crumble under the attack of one player. Um, and those seasons were all quite tight, but Ronaldo was the difference maker. And it was just so much fun watching him. And I think that is just partly, and I'm sure when you try and pick apart this argument, I'll come to the other bits, but partly why Ronaldo, I think, is the greatest player of the Premier League era. Okay, Marcus, I want to ask a little bit about what you're saying about Cantona's influence, I guess, mm -hmm. is the argument you're putting forward. So you're saying that he's the most influential player in the Premier League. But I guess what I would say about Cantona and the timing of everything, it was all luck rather than any big career plan. So I was reading an article yesterday. Graham Souness said that Michel Platini had tried to get him to take Cantona to Liverpool. So I've got this great idea of Platini going around all the managers he thought of who could cope with Cantona, saying, we've got this guy really talented. Do you want him? He's a bit of a problem, but he might be good for you. It just seems like, I don't know, lightning in a bottle, maybe. It's more luck than anything else, Cantona's success at Man United. And Carrie, I have an answer for you on that. Great. Which is, Platini was a French manager at the time when he did that. Mm -hmm. His assistant was Gerard Houllier. Um, Gerard Houllier was doing exactly the same thing. And both Howard Wilkinson and Sir Alex Ferguson, when Houllier did exactly the same thing, asked, you know, he's trouble. And Houllier's response was, no, he's not. I think it's a slight misconception in terms of, yes, he was a maverick, but was he trouble? Was he just mismanaged? So I'd say it was less luck and more sort of he was managed in the correct manner. Like the stories apparently at Carrington, Lee Sharp came down with a skinhead one morning and Ferguson hated like signs of individuality like that. And apparently he absolutely lost it at him. And two minutes later, Eric Cantona comes down with a skinhead. And Ferguson's just like, all right, fair enough. Um, so I think it was not luck. I think it, you know, 
there's there's a bit of luck in there, but I think actually he was mismanaged beforehand, which isn't necessarily luck. It's more sort of not good enough from those who are managing him. Can I can I just ask on Cantona? So there's arguments to be made about what the greatest team ever was. Obviously, we had this debate on the Eurosport Cup last week. Um, and I think the three players that the rest of us have picked can all make a claim to be part of arguably the best team in Premier League history. Cantona's United probably weren't in the top three. They might have, Top five, I'd say you could definitely put one of those United teams in there. But I don't think they get into the top three. The argument about great players is that they elevate those around them as well as themselves. And I don't know if Cantona would always have done that. I think he, I agree with you in the sense that he brought a level of professionalism that hadn't been seen at United before, but I didn't always feel as if the, the level that you'd see from him was that being reflected in those around him in the way that the players that we picked did. Uh, again, Pete, a great question to which I have an answer. So uh, when he came to United, he did elevate players around him. Mark Hughes was a prime example. Um, but actually, this is what makes him the greatest, is when he arrived... At that point in time, the class of 92 were actually knocking around the squad. I think Beckham was there, but then he went on loan at Preston. Gary Neville was there. And actually, he set in motion the ethos around that superb United team that then went on to win a treble. It was his work ethic, his talent and his commitment to his craft that then made players of Beckham's and Neville's ability, who were obviously fantastic players, push on to levels above of what they already would have done without the extra hard graft and dedication to their craft that they had been taught by Eric Cantona. So he did not only elevate the team he was in, he elevated the team that came after him. Big claim there, more or less was claiming that Cantona was responsible for the success of the class of 92. Not a big claim at all. <laughs> a, con- a contributory factor to it and a factor that pushed them to greatness. Would you say though, Foley, on the final one on, on Cantona is that if you look at Manchester United, I don't think any necessarily Man United fan would say that Cantona is their greatest player of the Premier League era. That's a big, 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 big You look at the arguments for Giggs or Scholes or Ronaldo or Rooney, and I think arguably the stronger case is, all right, not Scholes, because I don't think he should be in the conversation, but for the other three. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to start with the the early point where you were like, if if you ask a Man United fan, I'm not sure you can make that point. I've just, I've, I've just surveyed them all in my room yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've, I mean, they've all got back to me and they've all said it. Yeah, I mean, that's not... that's that's. Uh, no, okay. Well, my point is then that I've surveyed myself and okay. I've said that Giggs and... Ru- well, maybe not Rooney, but Giggs and Ronaldo particularly. Like, I just don't think you can say that Cantona was better. And this is the problem with this debate is that it's very hard to find arguments in actually... Because obviously Cantona's a great player. Obviously Bergkamp's a great player. Obviously Omri's a great player. It's just trying to work out why you've put him kind of above the others that are really good as well. Yeah, and I think that's why, I think even in my own argument, there's an admission that perhaps in terms of, because Charlotte used the word best and I used the word greatest and I think there's a complete mm. difference there. Now, so greatest for me, it's Eric Cantona because he had the talent and he had elite level talent, but it was also what he symbolised in terms of the movement through the club and the progression of the club. He, like his, his arrival, and it isn't an underestimation, set set the motion for two decades of dominance. And without him, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. So then I think you put that with the natural talent he has and the ability, and he's the greatest Premier League player, and he supersedes Ryan Giggs, and he supersedes Cristiano Ronaldo. On the subject of Cristiano Ronaldo, on your argument, you were like, yeah, you know, players players of greatness um, elevate those around them. But then in your speech, you said that they had a great team, but it was just Ronaldo ripping through other teams. So... They had a great team, but 
the reason that they went from being also rounds or, or oh, nearlys was was nah. Ronaldo. Uh, I mean, he finished second, first, then second in the Ballon d'Or stats. Uh, I mean, the kid who came back from the World Cup in 2006, you never would have thought this guy three years later would have earned an £80 million pound move to Real Madrid. No, you're not having that. Hang on. But that, he did all that, that. That team, for starters, had one of the best back yeah. fives in Premier League history. That the, <laughs> the best foundation you could possibly want. He was playing alongside Rooney, Tevez, and at one stage, Berbatov as well. Like they would, It wasn't just him who was ripping through teams. There was a whole collective of individuals that made that team one of the best in history. But he was... he. But, True, but he was the standout. The standout. And obviously, you don't win the league by yourself. But he was the standout individual of that. Um, I mean, you look at the Premier League. How many players in this millennium have won the Ballon d'Or playing in the Premier League? There's only two: Michael Owen, who obviously isn't in this conversation, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Thierry Henry isn't there. Dennis Bergkamp isn't there, and obviously Eric Cantona isn't there either. Quick caveat before we get on to Henry more, but he was robbed probably once, maybe twice. So, I mean, it's not as if he didn't deserve it. I'd also put forward an argument to say the Ballon d'Or. I mean, I'm not sure if that's the greatest measure of your contribution to... to I think we'd established a few weeks ago how pointless the Ballon d'Or <laughs> is, really, and what its actual actual markers are. In fairness to, in fairness to Ben, it, when Ronaldo was winning it at United, it did feel like it meant more, whereas the, the minute he got to Real Madrid, it just felt like the Ballon d'Or became the Messi-Ronaldo competition. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would put more, I'd put more weight on Michael Owen's Ballon d'Or than Cristiano Ronaldo's, but there you go. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, Ronaldo was obviously... A tremendous player, but I just think, nah, not for me. Okay, well, on on that on that flimsy finale, I think I, I'm just <laughs> going to quickly shift it on to Dennis Bergkamp <laughs> and, and and chalk a little in there. Uh, Carrie, Dennis Bergkamp, and I guess the simple question to you is, did you pick Bergkamp because you wanted to pick Bergkamp or did you pick Bergkamp because Pete Charland to pick Thierry Henry? <laughs> no, I picked Bergkamp because I actually love Dennis Bergkamp and I think... I don't know, I think Marcus actually made a really great point there in terms of semantics about whether greatest, what greatest actually means in terms of is it best, is it most influential? And I think with Bergkamp, what I'm saying with greatest is in terms of his sheer kind of otherworldly beauty of football and something like I have never seen before on a football pitch and have not seen since. And I guess that is what sets him apart for me. Everyone loves Dennis Bergkamp. Like I don't, it's difficult to make an argument against him. He's obviously such a nice bloke and he was such a wonderful player to watch. I guess the thing is, is that my counterpoint would be that he wasn't the best player in that Arsenal team. I think he actually was in terms, again, best, again, in inverted <laughs> commas, how are we defining best? But also I think he was the most influential player in that squad. He was the one who brought an entirely new mindset to that squad that got them back to the training ground that made them train harder that brought in that kind of winning mentality by all accounts yeah I, mean, I think wishing well I wishing to move uh, on to Henri too quickly I do think for me one of the perhaps characteristics of greatness is I think a lot of times you can tell when a great player is when opposition fans stop like trying to like, pick holes in who they are and what they are as a player so like you look at someone, know, someone like Mesut Ozil right he's got detractors from all sides even though he's undeniably a very good footballer but someone like Bergkamp or Henri or Ronaldo or Cantona, they all would have mm. everyone just universally admiring them. And I think that then you have to start picking holes in them yourselves, not as a fan, but actually as a critical analysis. And I think for that reason alone, you look at Bergkamp and you look at Henri in that team. And I think for me, Henri was influential in more games over a longer period than Bergkamp, which would probably be the separator for me. Okay, but then we're getting into whether it's just on the field of play or whether it's his entire contributory factor to the club, which I think is there. That's where Bergkamp starts to set himself apart from Henri in that. 
I don't know. Like Henri's had a pretty large effect on Arsenal as a whole. No, but I mean, in terms of that squad at that time, from their own accounts, is what they were saying that they had to go back to the training pitch because they didn't want to be outdone by Burkamp because he was like, if you want to win more titles, if you want to win trophies, this is what we have to do. No, that's true. That's fair. I, I can I see do, that. I do. I would probably add that I think Burkamp, while a brilliant player and obviously fantastic, I think there is a nostalgia element with him in terms of. Looking back through time, he's probably appreciated more now than he was then um, because there are so few of his ilk about now. Um, it's a skulls effect. Yeah, so I think he's probably, I think the lines are blurred with, with Burkamp a bit a bit there because he's Two so points unique. There. First one, you just picked Hansler <laughs> and Pete Charlotte. Did you just liken Dennis Burkamp to Paul Skulls? In in the, in the way in which Marcus was presenting his argument, yes, I did. In other ways, no, I would not. I guess my my only problem with Burkham is that I thought he was a phenomenal player as well, and 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 I really liked watching him and Omri, and and I was a little bit too young to watch Cantona, but watching back clips again, absolute quality. The thing for Burkham for me is is that my favourite Burkham moment didn't come in an Arsenal shirt; it came in the Dutch shirt against Argentina, and and that for me is what I would remember him for. I'd say that his is greatest moment yeah I think that's a fair point but when you've had such a such a long career and you've been brilliant at club level and international level you are going to have plenty of stand-up moments that people remember I think that's a good thing rather than otherwise true Pete Charlin then let's try and pick apart obviously most people's number one pick in this in this debate and if there is anything to be leveled at Thierry Henry we touched on it briefly it is zero Ballon d'Or's However, you want to say how meaningful that is, uh, but also no Champions League titles. Yeah, no, that is without a doubt the biggest um, flaw in his argument. Obviously, it goes for Burkamp as well. Um, but obviously, the Ronaldo goal against Porto was something else, and throughout that tournament, he was doing everything to drag United there. But the argument, I guess, what I would have is that Henri was doing everything as well. Like he was those two seasons, two or three seasons, sort of from 03 to 05, 06 ish. Like it was unbelievable what he was doing. He was bullying people and that 0203 season before the season before the invincibles when he notched 24 goals he didn't win the he didn't win the golden boot because van Nistelrooy got it that year but he also got 20 assists that means he contributed to 44 goals in a single premier league season like that's unprecedented especially before the days of when ronaldo and messi were doing that for fun and that assist record still stands despite all the wonderful players we've had since and i think that that the way he could control the game from so many aspects be it his pace his scoring his creativity that's what sets him apart. He could actually do everything. And it was it was because we know him as a goal scorer that I think people often forget that. I think one other flaw, p- potentially, um, in Henri, and I know I'm going to take stick for this, but how much of a big game player would you say he was? I mean, during the goal against Real, the one against United, the run against Spurs. like The one against a... United's an interesting one because do you remember his interview afterwards? Yeah, no, I know. But even still, like... Where he, where he, he himself... Almost an admission said, oh, I thought I didn't turn up for the big games. So I think there is a question mark over him in that, in that aspect, in some respects. Again, yeah, the Champions, Champions League final, obviously there are, there are mitigating circumstances um, of ascending off. But I think, did he turn up there as well? I think the biggest players and the greatest players step forward in the big moments. And that's, that's an argument perhaps against Ronaldo at United. I think he was criticised for that at United, but that's obviously changed since. At Real Madrid, and obviously bringing it back to myself, that's something you can't level at Cantona. Always stepped up, top man. 
a man for every occasion. I was going to try and get an easy rise out of you and say that Henri stepped up when his country needed him to qualify for major international tournaments. <laughs> it's um... <laughs> still a sore subject. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he did, he did, and um, I suppose you've got to give him something for that. A bit of respect. <laughs> it's interesting on that though. Going back to what Ben said about Burkamp and how his greatest moment came in a Holland shirt rather than an Arsenal shirt, that's actually something you probably couldn't level it on. Rhea, I remember when he retired, I think it was Julian Laurence wrote a piece basically saying that he's never, never going to be appreciated in France. There's an argument that he wouldn't even be in their top three or five players of all time, which is obviously astonishing to think about. Um, but he's they've definitely never been embraced in France in the way he was in England or even when he went to America. And I think that's quite interesting because I think he's often said about how his home is London and how he feels like he really found himself when he was there because like obviously we, again we forget like when he was younger at Monaco and Juventus he was really struggling like he wasn't any anywhere near the player he was when he retired and it only really happened for him when he came to Arsenal and when he worked under Wenger again and I think there's something in the fact that we saw all of his best years everything that we saw good from him in an Arsenal shirt yeah the Barcelona years were fun but they weren't as dominant and as prolific as they were at Arsenal yeah I agree with all that. Just quickly, I would do a stick or twist at this point, but we've all very passionately defended ourselves. Just a quick show of hands. Is anyone planning on twisting at this stage? Not planning on twisting, but I am planning on going to watch a lot of highlights clips on YouTube this evening. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. Well, that is your lot. Um, head over to Eurosport.co.uk now to vote in the latest Eurosport Cup, or head over to our Twitter page and demand that Ronaldo is reinstated. Thanks to Carrie this week for braving her sofa and potential noisy neighbours. Oh, yes. Um, thank you for having me. I hope no one heard my neighbours removing their radiators, which is, the, which is what they've been doing for the past 24 hours now and counting. Brilliant. Thanks to Marcus. Hopefully you won't get as much stick this week as you did uh, last week with your Wayne Rooney unfulfilled potential argument. Well, mate, look, a good argument's a good argument regardless of whether I get stick or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, it's probably the sign of a good argument. Absolutely. And thanks to Pete Sharman for actually remembering to turn up this week. I'm just happy to be let back into the podcast. You've been listening to the Game of Opinions. Have a wonderful rest of your day or go to sleep if it's past your bedtime. Over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 